Be raised up on the mountain, be made low. 
somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How we bless you, Father. We glorify your name, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence today. Let's just, let's just raise our hands as a sign of surrender for what God wants to do this morning. Father, we have gathered here and we've come with an expectation. We've charged the atmosphere with our worship of you, King of kings. And so, Father, as we have our hands raised, God, we ask you, the great I am, to place us in your hands and begin to mold us like the potter. Lord, do whatever needs to be done in our lives to change us, to transform us, to heal us, to restore us, to do all that is needed and necessary to be the people, but not just the people, but the sons and daughters of you, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, we know that in an atmosphere of expectation, it's the breeding ground for miracles. And God, we're believing today for miracles. God, today as Pastor Maurice comes and he preaches about being in the boat and what to do in the boat and how to handle being in the boat, God, we believe that there is deliverance today from the storms of life. So God, we open ourselves up. We open our minds. We open our hearts. We open up our spirit, man. For you to move, for your Holy Spirit to consume every fiber of our being. But God, let it not just happen and stay in the sanctuary as we leave today. But then God, be with us and help us to stay connected and and, and moving forward in you. and, And give us the strength and the courage to be bold and courageous for all that you're doing and all that you're calling us to be. And God, I ask these things in the only name that we pray. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. In that name I pray, amen and amen. Give the Lord a shout and you can go ahead and grab a seat this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, SCC family. Good morning. Good morning, everyone watching online this morning. I hope you've come with a a super big expectation because if it's anything like the first service, the second service is definitely going to get crazy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so we don't want to waste any time. Uh, the Word is going to challenge you. The Word is going to uh, encourage you. And the Word, when you receive it, will change you. And we're believing for that. And so we've asked Pastor Maurice Russell, who we've known since the late 80s. We're dating ourselves. Uh, who we've been best friends since college. Uh, He ministers in Newport News, Virginia, um, where it's always sunny and warm, like here in Buffalo, New York. And um, he's come all the way to be here with us today to preach this word. And so we want to turn the microphone over to him. And uh, I encourage you to take notes, too. And so he'll be back tonight and tomorrow. And so uh, let's welcome Pastor Maurice all the way from Newport News, Virginia. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise in this place. It is so good to be with you. We bless God. I thank God for being back home. You know, most people travel to Florida, and 
I travel to Buffalo. <laughs> but I, I, I am, I am a, 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 a sometimey Buffalo native. I'm sometimey. That means I got to come when it's warm. PT asked me, he says, hey, man, I want you to come up. Can you come up in either September or October? Let me know. I quickly said September. Because the likelihood of snow not being here in September is greater if, than if I picked October. And so snow and I don't always get along. You have to understand being in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, if we get a quarter inch of ice, sleet, if we think it's going to snow, we shut the city down. <laughs> we build in snow days for workers and students that if we think it's going to snow. And so I'm glad to be here, so happy to be here. Blessings to Bishop and Pastor Shirley. God bless you. It's good to see you. Out of, out of respect, I use those titles, but that's mom and dad to me, has always been. Uh, they, you all have loved on me. We have, Tom, we go, I was just sitting here thinking about, you know, we go back a long time. It's, it's amazing, you know, to, to think about it. You know, when I first started coming to, to Buffalo, I had hair. <laughs> and so did you. <laughs> I will say that I can still grow hair. The only problem is that I have to bend my head down for you to see it. So it's no reason to do that. I want to get right into the Word. I want to be mindful of our time, and I do want to unpack what the Lord has given me. I want us to turn to Mark, the fourth chapter. I will preface this by telling you that there's no way I can unpack everything in this first session. So I'm going to be very sleazy by telling you this, that I'm giving you points one and two this morning, and I'm invoking your presence for points three and four tonight. And I realize that depending on how the Buffalo Bills fare out against Miami, <laughs> will determine whether or not you need deliverance or not. I am, I, I, I am not a Buffalo Bills fan, but I'm not a hater either. That's the difference because most people, most of you all, you like my team like I like my team because there's two types of people that likes my team. Those that love the Dallas Cowboys and those that love to hate the Dallas Cowboys. And so we appreciate your participation. But we'll be back tonight for the final of Travel Light a message that I believe the Lord has given me for this house, this house. And so I'll encourage you to come back tonight, and then we have another message tomorrow night that I'm encouraging you to come back so that we can just, I want to leave empty. I don't want to leave nothing on the field. Everything that God has given me, I want to give to you so that I leave empty and you leave full so that you're ready for the next season, the next chapter that God has for you. Amen. Amen. Let's go right into the word out of the New King James Version. Mark, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 35. If you have it, say amen. amen. If you don't, say wait a minute. If you turn to page 886, you'll be there. If you turn to 886, then you don't have my Bible. <laughs> amen. And it reads like this. 
On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that, so that it was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? You may have your seat if you can. I want to talk this morning on the subject, travel light. Travel light. Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we invoke your presence to be here with us today. Father God, there's nothing we want to do or say. We don't want to go forward if you're not with us. But God, we know that if you are with us, you're more than the whole world against us. We thank you, Father God, if you'll lead and guide us into the next season, into this word. Father God, our lives will be forever changed. And so, God, we just honor you and we bless you. We thank you, Father God. We exalt you in this time of your word being delivered. In Jesus' name, amen. The, the message that God has given me is travel light. And the, I, I, was, I was thinking about this and contemplating and just going over what God is wanting me to impart into your life. And when I think about travel light, I've had the opportunity as Pastor Tom and I, uh, we, 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 we did the old school thing. And, and many of you all who, who don't know the story, you know, I was, I was a very young, impressionable kid when I met P.T. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The first night that I met him, um, I was preparing for bed, and I was told we had a dorm meeting. All dorm meetings happened on Monday at 11 p.m. And so I was already in my PJs. I had a nice flannel robe on, and I was getting out of my bed because I was studious and ready for the next day. And when I got down to the dorm hall meeting, I sat next to this guy who had a Grateful Dead shirt on, some raggedy shorts, and he looked at me, and he laughed, and he says, you're not going to bed. Needless to say, that night we probably stayed up to about 4 o'clock in the morning, and so on Friday when we arrived, when I arrived here, we tend to always repeat our first time of meeting, and we didn't go to bed till 3 o'clock in the morning, recanting and going over the things that God has been doing in our lives over the years, we, we, we stay in contact. I, I'll tell you this, and, and I didn't say this in the first service, but I'll say it here because I feel like the Lord is wanting me to say it. You know, pray for your pastors. Keep your pastors lifted in prayer. I, I say this from a personal place. 
If I didn't come here to preach, I had to come here to be ministered to by PT. Because who prays for the pastor when the pastor's going through? Who can the pastor talk to when he himself or she is going through? And so I want to encourage you that the weight that pastors carry is a weight that you will never realize if you're not walking in that season. Keep your pastors lifted up in prayer. I don't care if they're pastoral care pastors, youth pastors. I don't care if they're leading Sunday school class or small groups. Pray for them. Pray for them more than you talk about them. I get it. If you're anything like the folks down south, they always have some form of fried pastor at the Sunday dinner. What they did do and what they didn't do, how you made them happy, didn't make them happy. But can we pray for our pastors more than we talk about them? I only say that because, you know, the Bible has given you pastors after his heart to look after you. Oh, that's the word. Y'all know that? That's in the word. Okay. Anyway, we travel and we've been traveling a lot and we go, we've gotten together a lot of times. And so my wife likes to travel. My wife is determined that we'll be back in the summer. We're coming back next summer. Uh, My wife is upset with me, so y'all pray for me. She's upset. We went to Niagara Falls yesterday and uh, she's probably looking online. Hey, baby, how are you? Um, and so uh, she's upset with me, so I'm already determined that we're coming back next summer. We're going to be coming in the RV. We're going to take some time and relax. And, and she, she's mad. I took pictures at the Niagara Falls, and, and she's just mad at my pictures. So I only sent her two. I took about 100, but I only sent her two because I don't want to make her upset. When we travel, though, we always travel, and I'm always going. We like to go overseas. We like to travel within the states. We like to go where we're going. And when we go, oftentimes, you know, I have to pull out a bigger bag Uh, uh, for my stuff and her stuff. And so I only speak about my house. I won't generalize because I know some people get mad when you generalize and say that all women or all men are this way. So I'm going to just PT, I'm going to just talk about my house. In my house, my wife tends to pack different than I do. If I'm going somewhere for five days, I know exactly how to pack. I've got a good pair of jeans that I'm going to pack and five shirts. I've got one pair of shoes, but if it's the summertime, I've got a pair of shoes and a pair of sandals. Something I can slip on, some slides or something, just so I can get my feet wet. I'm going to make sure that I've got the bare necessities of what I need to have. My wife is going to pack, and it's going to look a little different. She's going to make sure that she's got the pants that match the shirt, the shirt that matches the belt, the belt that matches the earrings, the earrings that's going to match the shoes. If we go overseas, there's a whole luggage that she's going to pack up. This all shoes. I, I, I guarantee you that when she begins to go somewhere, it's, I, I always turn around and say, baby, and I don't know why we don't buy this time. I, I think we need to buy it. We'll, we'll try to weigh the bag with the scale in the house. It never really works. And it's always too heavy. So I bring the bigger bag. So when we get to the airport, I'm, I'm literally, I'm the guy, sorry. I'm the guy at the counter that's unpacking bags and putting it in another bag so we don't have to pay anymore. And it's always inevitable. It's always inevitable that once we finish with the trip, I'm always asking her one question. Baby, did you wear all of that? Did you, did you need all of that? And please, please, 
don't, don't go by, don't travel anywhere next to a mall, please. That's why I love camping, because I like to travel places where there's nothing she can go to, because we're going to buy more stuff. And then I've got to pack that. I can't tell you how many times we've gone somewhere and I've had to buy another suitcase just so we can get back. Why am I telling you all that? Because I've come to realize that even in our spiritual walk, there are times when we have packed way too much. And God is trying to take us to this next level. God is trying to take us to this next journey. And the problem with taking us to the next journey, what we have not realized is, is that our baggage is way too heavy. And we've packed up way too much stuff. And in order for us to go to this next level, we've got to unpack some things and leave some things behind. We've got to get to a place where we're saying, God, I want to make sure that I go where I need to go and that I'm not carrying too much that's going to hold me back or weigh me down. And so the first thing that I want to show you and the first thing that I want to tell you is, is that the first point I want to give you is, is that if we read the text and look at the text, I want to ask you this question is, how big is your boat? So Jesus is with his disciples, and when Jesus is with his disciples, he's been preaching, he's been ministering, he's been talking, he's been going through. You know, when you begin to minister and you pour out, you're, you're tired, you become exhausted. And so Jesus was like, you know what? We need to get in the boat, and not only do we need to get in the boat, we need to go to the other side. And I got to tell you, for years, I always knew about Samaria. Samaria was the countryside where you were forbidden as a Jew. You were not to go and mingle with the Samaritans because they were a mixed people. And not only were they mixed people, they, had, they, they worshipped some other gods. Well, I found out that there's an also a region called Decapolis. Decapolis is a region. It's ten countrysides or regions that they named. It's almost like being in the Hampton Roads. we got seven cities that we call the Hampton Roads. You may know about Virginia Beach, but there's bigger cities than just Virginia Beach. I just want to let you know there's Newport News. People used to ask me, what's a Newport News? Is that a newspaper? And I'm like, no, it's, it's a whole other subject. Decapolis was an area that was forbidden by the Jews to go to Decapolis because they had idol worship and they were doing things that was contrary to the law. And so they didn't go to Decapolis. But Jesus here was saying, let's load up and get into the boat and we must go to the other side. It's imperative that we go to the other side. His disciples got him together, the Bible says, and put him in the boat just as he was. And when they put him in the boat, they began to go to the other side. And as they were going to the other side, the Bible tells us that there were other smaller boats that was going alongside. That's important because you have to recognize one thing, is that all who is destined to be in the boat that you're on is destined, but there are some people that can't go with you. My first point of asking how big is your boat, I need you to understand that there, the reason that God has a certain size for you is that everybody can't go where he's got you going. There has to be a purging, not only of your suitcase, there has to be a purging of the vessel to which he's causing you to ride in. I know a little bit about boats. I've had my share of owning boats, and, 
you know, uh, we, we, you get into uh, um, uh, finding out how many people can actually legally fit. Le- y'all heard that, right? Yeah. Legally fit on the boat. And not only are you only supposed to have so many people legally on the boat, you're supposed to have life preservers for every person on the boat. And if you have a child on the boat, you have to have a life jacket for that child. So you've got to have something that fits everybody. Now, for me, I always make sure they've got the round dinghy on there because the vest they usually have is like Tommy Boy. It doesn't fit. (laughs) But if you ever get pulled over by the Marine Patrol or Coast Guard, there are certain things that you must have on the boat, and you cannot have too many people on your boat. How many of you are still carrying folks that you should have left at the docks? How many of you are still carrying things of the past that God said let go? How many of us are still waffling and baffling with things that God said, I I told you to give that to me, and you still pick it back up. You bring it to the altar, and then you take it back with you. You give it to God, and just as soon as somebody does something or says something, you turn around and you go, see, I told you, they ain't changed. I like reading 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Y'all know that's the love chapter, right? There's so many things that talk about what love is. I don't remember them all, P.T., As many years as I've been preaching the gospel, I don't remember them all. I don't have them memorized. I've got a lot of scriptures that I have memorized. 1 Corinthians 13, I don't have it memorized. There's one part of 1 Corinthians 13 that I have memorized because I have not fulfilled the the totality of that scripture. It says, love keeps keeps no record of wrongdoing. That's just one piece. There's no reason for me to read the rest of it, Tommy, because I haven't gotten that part right yet. When my wife turns around and says, well, are you going to do this? I'm like, I did that this time. And and the Lord keeps saying, he said, you keeping record? I did because, are you just going to love? Or are you just going to forgive? Are you going to keep holding that over their head? Are you going to keep bringing that up? I know what mama did won't write. I know what daddy did won't write. I know your spouse didn't always do it the right way, but if we've given it to God, when are we going to forgive? If we release that coworker into God's hand, if we've given that job over to God, if we've given our finances over to God, when will we say, God, you told me to go? Jesus said, we must go to the capitalist. But God, I don't want to go over there no more. I don't want to talk to them no more. I'm mad at them no more. God is calling you in this next chapter to go in some areas and do some things that you don't want to do. But in order for you to get the blessings of God, you've got to be willing to say, God, I'm dying to self. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not my way, God. God, your way. 
I got to realize, God, who's in my boat and how big is my boat? I got to let some stuff go. I got to throw some stuff overboard. I got to unpack some stuff. I can only carry what I need to carry in this next season of my life. My wife and I have been walking on a journey of health and healing and, and, and deliverance in her body. And guess what? There's a lot of times where we don't tell everybody what she's going through. We don't reveal to everybody what she's going through. Why? You're not in the boat. And it's not that you don't love, it's not that you don't care, it's just you don't understand. You're not there by faith. I'm believing for things that are impossible when the doctor said you shouldn't even be here and should have been gone four years ago, and she's still here. When you you turn around and you say, against all odds, we're going to believe God and we're going to trust God. And I need to surround myself with people who are going to believe like we believe and speak the word like we speak the word and trust God. I don't want to be the best of the worst. I want to, I, I want to, I want to be the worst of the best. See, I found out, I found out, right? I found out, I shared with the first service that you, you, you ever heard the story about the, the, those who was by the pool of Bethesda? That when the angel of the Lord came down and touched the pool, the first one to get in the pool would be healed. Y'all remember that story? If you haven't, they'll have it in small groups coming up in the next two weeks. Sign up. Okay? Here's what would happen. Think about it for a minute. When the angel of the Lord came down and touched the pool, the first person to get into the pool would receive the healing. That means you've got to be better or more healed than me. That if you get to the pool first, you must not be that bad off. You're the best of the worst. Many of us are turning around and says, well, Lord, we're like the, the, the Pharisees who's praying on the side. And so, Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like them. And so, Lord, I'm so glad that, and, 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 uh, that we don't do things like that. That I don't pray a, re- a, re- a repetitious prayer and I'm supposed to be better. Who are you better than? Who have you raised your standard against? Your neighbor? Your coworker? A sibling? Somebody else in the church? How about we raise our standard against Jesus? Lord, my goal is to be like Jesus. That means I've got to die daily to my feelings. And I've got to be willing to cut off those that are not going to walk and live because I've got to get healthy to come back to where God has called me to be. When you recognize how big your boat is, you'll get to a place where you say, in order for me to go out into the deep, I recognize I can't carry everything with me. I only need to carry the essential things that God has for me. So I have to realize that the boat is not built for everybody. Everybody doesn't get to go into the most secret places of my life. You ever invited somebody into your home? You're real nice. Come on in. Have a seat. Make yourself what? At home. Now, even for the person who's been there countless times, who knows how to go to the refrigerator, how to get their own drink, 
knows exactly where the glasses are, knows exactly the routine, knows where the trash can is, knows all those simple things, knows where the bathroom is, you don't have to tell them anymore. They'll even help clean up. They'll even help put things away. You know the one thing they won't do? Go lay in your bed. As long as I've been knowing PT, I don't think I've ever, since we've been grown and married, I don't think I've ever gone and laid in his bed. Matter of fact, I rarely even go down to his room. Why? Because everybody can't go into the most holy and sacred places of your life. There's only a few people that are called to go with you in this next season. There's only a few people that will have the unctioning and the fortitude to stay with you. God has linked you with many a people, and guess what? There are those who will be praying with you and holding your hand, and there will be those who will be praying from a distance. But guess what? Not everybody can go into the Holy of Holies. Not everybody can get on the boat that you're on. They won't know and be able to function like you function. Why? Not because they don't care. Not because they're mean. It's just that they're not there yet. And I'm going to tell you this, the other part of that is, is God needs your undivided attention. God wants to be the audience of one. When your praise begins, becomes a place where you're worshiping God in spirit and in truth, where you're not so consumed of whether or not the band is doing it right or it sounds just right or we got the right number of people around. You say, I'm going to preach God in season and out of season. I'm going to live it whether nobody else is living it or not. I'm going to stand for righteousness and holiness whether anybody else is living it or not. I don't care if anybody is standing with me. I'm going to stand up for what God has told me to stand up. I don't need an army if God before me. He's more than the whole world against me. I'm willing and I'm daring you to stand and say, God, I'm standing where you stand. I'm not looking for folks to join up with me. You know, I, I've been in that season of my life where it's like, well, you know, you going? Come on. I mean, I'm, no, I'm not. Well, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm going. Where am I going? I'm believing God. I'm believing God for healing. Well, the doctor said this. Well, you know what? I know what the doctor said. Now he's just giving me ammunition to just pray against that too. Oh, well, I'm believing for a promotion on my job. Well, what if promotion don't come? Then I'm moving on to a new job. What are you talking about? Promotion's coming. It don't have to come this way. It can come any way God chooses. PT, I remember a time in my life when I lost my job. Consider that. I'm sitting in church service. Preachers preaching. Even if you lose your job, praise God. Monday, I went to my job and the Holy Spirit said, you're going to lose your job. No, nah, no, nah, I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. I cast that down in Jesus' name. Devil, you a liar. God has made me the head, not the tail. You must go to the capulus. You must be fired. You're going to be let go. By Thursday, I got the infamous walk in the office and say, hey, we need to see you. When I walked into the other office, there was papers turned down, and there was people sitting around the big boardroom table. said, listen, man, we're downsizing, and you got caught up in the downsize. 
I put a big smile on my face, PT, got my box together. I said, listen, y'all, if you've never been used by God before, today you've been used by God. Because I didn't have the fortitude to hear God's voice tell me my time and my season here was up. Well, where are you going to go? I have no idea. But I've learned to trust God even in the midst of my storm. I've learned to trust God that I'm in the boat with God. And if God be for me, he's more than the whole world against me. If your child not living right, speak the word over your child. If the house ain't right, speak the word over the house. If your job not right, Speak the word over the house. I'm telling you, where Jesus is, there is liberty. I'm already free. Listen, we're dead men walking. Y'all ain't got that. Every day we die. Every day we crucify this flesh. I'm a dead man walking. What can you do to this flesh? What can you do to me? I'm already victorious. If you get that in your spirit, God, I, I, I want you there. I want you where I am. Listen, second point I got to make. Second point I got to make. Because I, I can't get this all to you at one time. Can't give it all to you at one time. Right? Second point that I want to make for you is this. You can't avoid the storms. First point was this, is that how big is your boat? Second one is you can't avoid the storms. You can't pray it out. You can't fast it out. You can't walk around Jericho out. You, there are storms that are going to come your way. That's just what life is. We're not exempt from storms. They're going to happen. If they haven't already happened, just stay right where you are. They come. It's going to happen. And I get it. The Bible says in Mark, the fourth chapter, the Bible says in the King James Version, it says a swell rose up. That means out of nowhere, a squall, not a swell, a squall rose up out of nowhere. You weren't anticipating it. You weren't ready for it. You didn't think it was going to happen. It just came out of nowhere. Out of all, as, I, as I've gotten older, I try to maintain some of my outdoor activities. I still try to do some kayaking from every now and then when I can fit in the boat. I try to do some kayaking. I still, I still own a mountain bike. I don't ride it as much, but I own it. I'm trying to trade it in for one of those electric ones that'll still, so that it can go, and so that I can say I'm mountain biking, but I don't have to pedal. I, I, I like to take tours and travel and walk, and, and I do nature trails and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I don't go work out with my wife because it's embarrassing. Because, you know, I'm, 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 she's more like, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know? But I try to stay active as much as I can. You know, I, I'm real good. My, 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 my biceps are, are really good because every time I'm getting it, I'm happy to be in Buffalo because wings are my favorite. I can eat wings for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think it's the greatest appetizer in the world and meal. My wife says, you can eat wings every day. I absolutely can, but she doesn't give it to me. So when I come up here to Buffalo, I just tell Tom, what do you want? It's wings. <laughs> Hence the reason why I didn't bring her this trip because she would have told me no. I, 
I, I, I, love, I love doing things. I love getting out. I love to go out and do things and, 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 and be a part of nature and, and be adventurous and try new things and, and get a part of some things. But even when trying to do some of those things and get into activities and look at things that are outdoors and, 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 and participate in stuff, you got to realize that in all of that, I've got all of these apps on my phone that tells me what the weather's going to be and what the terrain is going to be like and how, when is the, 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 the water going to rise and when is it going to set. And I set myself up. I even, when I go kayaking, I send my wife a location of where I am and the route that I'm going to be in case you don't hear from me in a while, you'll know where I'm at. I try to be as safe as I can. Even the things that I try to do, you cannot anticipate a storm that arises. Why are you saying that, Pastor Maurice? I'm saying that because you've done everything in your power. You've done everything logically. You've done everything intellectually. You've aligned everything up just like you were taught. You got your finances right. You do your tithe and your offering. You give to the needy. You've been praying over your family. You've been reading your word. You've been fasting. You've been praying. You've been doing everything you've been knowing to do. And yet it's still a storm still arrives. What do you do? What do you do when the storms of life begin to beat on you so much that it seems like the very vessel that's carrying you to your next destination, which, by the way, you didn't want to go to, begins to seem like it's coming in on every side? What happens? What happens when you're in the boat like the disciples and you're looking around and you're saying, God, I want to go where you tell me to go. But it seems like, doesn't it seem like the place that you told me to go to, I've been told all my life not to go there. And all of a sudden, a storm, it looks like the devil is even trying to tell us not to go there. What do you do? What do you do? Because a storm is going to rise. Your finances may not always be like they are. Children may not always live like you want them to live. Spouse may not always do what you want them to do. I get it. They tell me that a happy wife makes for a happy life. PT, I took and put a big X through that around my house. I said a happy spouse makes for a happy house. If both ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's for another sermon. Listen. We can get to a place where we're doing everything that God has called us to do, everything that God has commissioned us to do, and the storm will still come. What do you do when storms come in your life? What happens when your storms come up? How are you positioned? How are you positioned in your life? Where do you anchor yourself? How do you ride your storm out? You're going, if you're going to dwell in the deep, you've got to be able to ride the storm out. Years ago in 1993, I, got, I, I was in uh, Japan and I went through a scuba diving course and so I became a scuba diver. And so we would walk off the shore sometimes and go down and, and dive. The problem is, is that you've got all of this weight on you, you've got your belt on you, you've got your tank on you, and you're trying to walk out when the waves are coming against you. And then there were times where we'd get in the boat and we'd go out into the deep and we'd dive right there from the deep. Even with white caps going on, if you got into the water and got down below the surface, you'd find your place of peace. 
You're wondering how do you survive the storm? I'm here to tell you as I get ready to go. I'm getting ready to go. Y'all got to come back and get the rest of this. The way you're going to survive the storm is is deep calls unto deep. Stop praying and asking God to take the storm away. God, how do I survive the storm? God, increase my faith. Increase my faith while I'm going through this storm. There are some storms that you can speak to and they will go away. I am not telling you to decrease your voice. I'm telling you to increase your voice, but just as much as you increase your voice, increase your faith and trust that God, whatever you have me walking through, if God before me, trust God that no weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I don't care if it's diabetes. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's arthritis. I don't care what it is. No weapon. I don't care. No weapon formed against me. It didn't say it wasn't going to be made. didn't say it wasn't going to take a shot. I'm telling you that you will not die because of that. It's in this season that you say, God, help me as I go through the storm. If you prayed and the storm is still there, then your next prayer ought to be, God, help me continue to look to the hills from which cometh my help. Knowing that my help cometh from the Lord, I'm going to worship you while in the storm. I'm going to worship you while in the rain. P.T., you remember those days in Tulsa when it would get real windy? And you know what? You know, uh, you, you, you try to hold an umbrella up. You ever try to hold an umbrella up in a very windy rain? What happens to that umbrella? Inside out, breaks, flies away, goes away. I learned early on in Tulsa that when there came the rainy season, you had to change. <laughs> You've got to change what you wear. When the storm gets too high, the winds get too rough, you can't go outside with just an umbrella. You might as well get you a good hat, a rain jacket, some duckies, and put that stuff on because guess what? I'm equipped for the storm. Look at your neighbor and say, I am equipped for the storm. God's equipped me with everything that I need. What is it that I've got that equips me for the storm? I've got the Word of God. I'm going to speak the Word over my life. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. It's like rehearsal. When you get ready to rehearse, guess what? It's practice. It's just practice. It's just practice. I'm not talking about Island Iverson practice. It's just practice. Everybody needs to show up for practice. Why? Because the storm is coming in your life. The Bible says in the time of peace, prepare for war. So you need to be regurgitating that word over and over and over and over again in your life so that when the storms arise in your life, it's the word of God that comes back up, says I'm healed because I'm God's child. Healing is the children's bread. And by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. 
I hear the word of God says, I desire above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. I heard the word of the Lord said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I don't care what you're doing over there. You coming back to God. <laughs> the word of God is more powerful than any storm. See, Jesus asked his disciples, he says, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Do you believe what's going on more powerful than what God is doing? Do you know that God will even use your current circumstance? He'll use your current circumstance. He may not change it. <laughs> Many of us are looking for the situation to change. And I'm here to tell you, God isn't interested in changing situations because your situation is temporal. God has gifted you with a gift called time. It has a beginning and it has an end. It's going to end. So he's really not interested in changing the circumstances, although he can, and oftentimes he will. He's more interested in changing you. He's more interested in changing the heart. When you hear the word says, lift up your head, O ye gates, be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Lift up your heads. Learn to dance in the rain. Learn to dance. Make the devil mad when you dance in the midst of your storm. When you're trusting God in the midst of your circumstances. You're trusting God when everybody else has lost hope in this last day, in this last season, in this last chapter, it's the world that's going to look to the church. I'm not talking about this building. We are the church. When you're going through, can you still praise God? When you happen to be uh, uh, going through some tough times, do you still have a praise on your lips? Oh, you've been saying thank you, Jesus, all this time, but can you say thank you, Jesus, when you get some bad news? Can you, can you say thank you, Jesus, when the bank account doesn't look like it should? Can you say thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah? You can have a heart. It's easy to worship God when everything is going right. Can you worship God in the midst of your storm? Can you speak the word of God? And if nothing changes, does it change you? Because God's the same. Yesterday, today, and forevermore. God doesn't walk through time. He straddles time. We walk through time. Nothing surprises God. PT, over the last year, 
God has changed my mentality. I want to be like Christ. I want to be like Christ. Many of us, we have standards. We, we, we raise our standard against other people, but we don't raise our standard against God. I want to be more like Christ. I want to be more like Christ. That's my heart. That's my desire. I don't care what comes my way. I want to be more like Christ. I want to live and act and respond more like Christ. I am an ambassador. You are an ambassador to the Most High King. You are a representative of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let me tell you what an ambassador is. An ambassador cannot, cannot, is forbidden to speak their own opinions. An ambassador is a representative of the king of another country in a foreign land. You're wondering why it seems so dark sometimes? It's because you don't belong there, but God sent you there. You're an ambassador, and because you are an ambassador of Christ, you must, you must speak the words of the king. And when you speak the words of the king, you are granted as an ambassador. You are granted every right, power, and privilege of the king. (laughs) When you speak the word of God over your life, over your storm, over your situation, I'm here to tell you, you have the authority, the power, of the kingdom of God. You have that authority. I'm unpacking, I'm unpacking, I'm unpacking my bags. I'm not going to carry everything else with me. I'm not carrying everything with me. I'm going to travel light. I'm going to travel light. It means I'm only going to carry what I need to carry. I'm not going to pack like my wife. The shoes don't have to match. I just got to get there. Come on, somebody. What are you still holding on to that God told you to let go? What pains of your past are you still holding on to that God says, I've already healed you and delivered you from that? What is it that you keep bringing up? What is it that you keep regurgitating and is contrary to the word of God? I know you're still going through it. I know you, you, ain't, you ain't completely delivered from it yet. But can you speak the word of God even while you're going through it? Can, can you say that, God, I'm trusting you even while I'm walking through, while I'm going through? I'm not going to give up hope. I'm not going to give up. I'm telling you, I put all the cards on the table. I have nowhere else to go. I have nowhere else to go. I'm not looking nowhere else but to God. And if the storm comes, I'm okay as long as Jesus is in the boat. I'm okay as long as Jesus is with me. Come on, stand to your feet. I got so much more I want to give you. Can you come back and meet me this afternoon? There's so much that God wants to do in your life. And it doesn't mean if you've been struggling with some areas in your life, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means you've reached another level. I just want to encourage you. You've reached another level that God says, I just want to grow you up in that area. I want to help you grow in that area. I've got four beautiful, wonderful children. I got a big gap between all of them, 22, 19, 12, 
five. I'm trying to get rid of the five-year-old. If I got, if any takers, I'll be at the altar afterwards and I'll give you all the information. He may grow up to love snow, but he's, he's, he's definitely not a Buffalo Bills fan, but you can work on that. He's young enough that you can work on that. I've got four beautiful children, and they, they're all individual and all separate in each one of their ways. And God, show me, show me, God, how to pour into their lives. God, show me that while they're going through, when their storms arise in their life, God, help me to be the anchor. Help me be the, the lighthouse that they can look to as I direct them towards you. Help me, God. That when things don't go the way I think they should go, help me not lose hope. Help me not lose hope that, God, you're still in control. God, you still said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Think about your life for a minute. Think about all the chaos. I'm an old Baptist preacher, y'all excuse me. All the hell you call somebody. And yet and still, God said, I use that for my good. Somebody kept you on the prayer line. Somebody kept praying for you. Somebody kept speaking those things that be not as though they were. They didn't give up hope. You're here now because somebody believed God that the storm won't last always. If you're here today, if you're here today, say, Pastor Maurice, I'm going through some storms and I need to give it to God. Fear has overtaken me. I was like the disciples in the boat. Lord, do you care? Lord, are you even there? It's interesting that when a test is being administered, the teacher, Tracy, doesn't talk. The teacher gives the instructions. Once the test has been given out, there's to be no talking. If you've been asking God, God, where are you? I can't hear your voice. God, I can't hear you, sense you, or feel you. I got to tell you, you might be in the middle of a test. It's not that he's not talking. He's right there in the boat with you. Next time you go to your doctor's appointment, he's there with you. Next time you got to write out those bills, he's there with you. Next time you got to take that phone call that you didn't expect, he's right there with you. If you've been struggling with storms in your life, I want to pray with you. The altar is open. I want you to come. Let's pray together. Let's leave it at the altar. He says to cast all of your cares upon me. Why? Because I care for you. If you'll come, come to the altar. Let us agree together and say, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. It's yours. I can't carry this anymore. I can't carry this away anymore. I'm going to give it to you, God. 100%. It's all on you. I'm not going to carry this away from here. It's too heavy for me to carry. Do you realize I can take this bottle of water and I can hold it and toss it around 
But the longer I hold it in the same position, Gizzy, guess what? This one little bottle of water, 16 ounces, is going to get heavier and heavier and heavier. That which you thought you could carry, that which you thought you could handle, God says you were never designed to carry it. It'll get heavier. He says, give it to me. Let it go. Be free. Be free. Freedom starts not in your physical. It starts in your spirit. Everyone who's at the altar, just lift your hand and say, Father God, I release right now. I release right now it into your hands. I give it to you, God, right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for every person who's at this altar. I pray, Father God, that you would touch like never before. Heal where there needs to be healing, both physically, spiritually. Deliver, God. Bring right now, God, a sense of knowing who you are, the power that's in your hand, the purpose that you've put into our hearts, into our minds, into our spirits. God, many of us are hurting in many ways. God, I pray even now in the name of Jesus that, God, you would touch like never before. Father God, bring victory into their hearts. God, we believe you right now, God. Believe you right now, God, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask and or think according to the power of God move God in Jesus name move God the power Jesus, the blood, cover, strengthen like never before. Oh God, we bless you. Bless your name, God. We give everything to you, God. Every care, every concern. Every promotion. Every opportunity, God, we give it to you. Every influence. Move now, God. Move like never before. Do what only you can do, God. We celebrate your power. We celebrate your power, God, moving in our life right now. We unpack the bags. We unpack every bag. Anything that's not necessary, God. Every pain of the past. Every pain of the past. We give it to you, God. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your healing, God. In Jesus' name. God, we honor you. We bless you, God. Thanking you, God.